Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 19th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we are officially on the countdown seven days away from the beginning of Orlando Magic Training Camp. Media Day is Monday over at the Amway Center. I'll, of course, be there. have a complete recap for you on Tuesday as we hit some of the big ticket items with the players themselves as we enter the 2018 season. And then, of course, training camp opens one week from today, Tuesday, September 26th. The Orlando Magic season is almost here. And over the course of this week, we'll be finishing up and, and talking about some of our player outlooks for some of the key players on the Magic roster. We already started doing that last week as well, so be sure to check out some of those older episodes up on Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, or check out the player outlooks, obviously, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but also check out some of the older episodes of Locked On Magic on the Locked On Magic podcast feed at iTunes or Audio Boom, as well as Stitcher and TuneIn and other fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Today, though, we're going to take a step back and talk about something that I think is an absolute must-key for the Magic this season, and that is the bench. And uh, I, I think the place to start is with a player outlook on a player who's going to end up being a very key player off this Magic bench, a guy who is familiar to a lot of Magic fans and has definitely shown a lot of, let's say, verve. Is that is that a good good adjective to describe describe him? Uh, and, and that would, of course, be Aaron Aflalo. I think it took everyone by surprise that, A, the Magic went after a guy like Aaron Aflalo because... You know, you got a youngish team already. You know, you're going for the playoffs, but maybe you really aren't going for the playoffs. And you had a draft pick in Wesley Owundu and Mario Azonia. It 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 was a bit surprising that the Magic went after a veteran like Aaron Aflalo, even if they could get him at the minimum, because obviously he's going to push some playing time, put some guys out of some playing time. Then again, it was even more surprising to see Aaron Aflalo's reaction to rejoining the Orlando Magic. In fact, I think it's one of the more intriguing storylines from training camp is just how much love Aaron Aflalo has expressed publicly for the Orlando Magic, for the city of Orlando, and, and, and for being back in Orlando. It, it, it wasn't that... Aflalo made such an indelible impact on the Magic. I mean, sure, he's the reward card for collecting the entire Orlando Magic team on NBA 2K18 and my team, but his two years in Orlando were transitionary. He was the best player on that team. He was nearly an all-star in 2013. And he was fine. He was efficient. He was effective. But 
he wasn't the star the Magic ever hoped, and 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 everyone knew eventually they'd move on from him. You you put him in that bin of transitionary Magic figures like Steve Francis, and and he wasn't Steve Francis in that the Magic needed to get rid of him, but Steve Francis was clearly like a placeholder until Dwight Howard was ready. Aaron Aflalo was something of a placeholder until Victor Oladipo was ready or until they, they just needed to get Victor Oladipo the minutes that he that he needed. And in fact, even trading him for Evan Fournier, I think Fournier took the magic by surprise about how good he was and how much he forced his way into the rotation. So Aaron Aflalo was a good player. It's, it's not that anyone was upset by his time in Orlando. He didn't make any bad waves. He wasn't a bad apple at all. It was just the Magic's rebuilding plan called for him to move out of the way to give a young guy, a young high draft pick, his opportunity. There was no hint that Aflalo wanted to stay in Orlando. In fact, it probably wasn't even an option brought to him, but it, there was no hint of just how involved Aflalo wanted to be with the Magic. And yes, he struggled in his time with Denver and his time with Portland and then New York and Sacramento. He's bounced around a little bit. And so when free agency finally came back around to him, he wanted to be in Orlando. And he's made that abundantly clear. Any slight against the Magic and their oppor- and their chances this year, Aflalo has gone online and taken somewhat personally. He is someone that's going to be on this roster to fight for this franchise, this city, this team. Now, Aaron Aflalo is a very different player than he was the last time he was on the Magic. The last time he was on the Magic, he was a solid role player who was given an opportunity to test the limits of his game. And I think that's one of the main reasons why he was thankful for for Orlando and for the way the, the Magic fans embraced him. Because... He was never going to get another opportunity to take 15 shots per game, if not more, and go for averaging 20 points per game. And he really did test how far his game could go. And he never really got that opportunity again when he left for Denver, when he left for Portland. He was coming off the bench with the Blazers. The Knicks wanted him to be a spot-up shooter. The Kings wanted him to be a spot-up shooter. The Magic aren't going to have him play that starring role again, and Aflalo probably can't play that starring role again. But certainly, a comfort level with the arena, with the personnel, even John Hammond, a guy who the guy who drafted Aaron Aflalo when he was with the Pistons, that comfort level can certainly help Aaron Aflalo rediscover his game and kind of get himself back where he thinks his career should be. Because while Aflalo is is only 31 years old, it's hard not to notice some of the decline. And it's not just a decline because of a lack of opportunity. Aflalo has begun to decline. Last year, he averaged 8 points per game, but he shot 40.1% from beyond the arc, or shot about 40% from beyond the arc. So already, he is probably one of the better shooters on the Orlando Magic. And the Magic are going to rely on him to help spread the floor. They may run an occasional mid post up for him, like they like he had in his early in his days with the Magic, but more likely than not, he is there to spread the floor and be that mythical veteran presence, to be that guy 
who helps bring the young players along. So I think it's important to temper expectations with Aaron Aflalo. He's not going to come in and average 15 points, points per game. Yes, he'll probably have a stray game here or there where he drops 20 points. And that's good. You need bench players who can do that from time to time. And, and Aflalo is certainly capable of doing it. But Aaron Aflalo is definitely, definitely someone who is looking to take on a different role for this team this year. It's it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic use Aflalo. Do they use him as just a spot-up shooter, or do they try and reinvigorate that Magic a little bit, pun intended? Coming off the bench with that bench unit, how does he assert himself, or how do the Magic use him with that you know proposed bench lineup of Mac, Simmons, Isaac, and Biombo? Aflalo is definitely going to be needed to spread the floor there, as Mack isn't a great three-point shooter, Isaac's an unknown, Simmons is a streaky three-point shooter, and Biombo, of course, is, you know, as a lot of people like to say, a non-factor on offense. So Aflalo, even on a minimum contract, is going to have a role to play on this team. That's not to say if Mario Azonia looks really good in camp, that Aflalo kind of goes back to the background. Who knows? You gotta let the season play out a little bit for that. But if I were to guess... Aflalo is going to be a backup player on this team and is going to be someone that the Magic rely on for a little bit of offensive kick and certainly for shooting off that second unit. And that role is incredibly important for the Magic. And I'm going to I'm going to explain why here in just a moment. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. As many of you know, uh, I have been kind of touting the Magic starting lineup. And, and, and I'll fully admit, I don't know if I'm a full believer in the way the Magic finished the season. I, I'm, doing some, I'm doing some numbers for an article I'm writing for Orlando Magic Daily um, about you know just some statistics to keep an eye on, reasons to be optimistic, reasons to be pessimistic. And, uh, and, and I may go into this more um, later on in the week or early next week, but um, one of the interesting numbers that I found was this this the idea of Pythagorean wins? Essentially, scoring margin is is a better scoring margin, and specifically, uh, uh, net rating is a better judge of how a team actually played than its record in some way. And of course, record is what matters in the end. But the Magic had the statistical profile for their entire season of a team that won would win only twenty four games. So they were. They were statistically five games worse than their record, or better said, their actual record was five games better than they should have been, statistically. And I would argue, I would say, you know, maybe the Magic got blown out by thirty points a few too many times, and in those games, you, there's a certain point where a scoring margin is just a wash. But I ran the numbers for after the All Star break, and the Magic 
won eight games after the All-Star break. And one of the reasons why I'm a little hesitant to, to really believe in the starting lineup and the Magic after the All-Star break is that they only won eight out of 24 games, a 3.33 win percentage. Winning record was not good. By Pythagorean wins, by this metric, the Magic only should have won 7.2 games. So they act, again, they outperformed their statistics again. So how does this play in now? How does that play to what we're talking about now? Well, the starting lineup last year after the All-Star break was actually pretty good. Had a net rating that was positive, I believe 2.4, positive 2.4 net rating. Essentially, they played 2.4 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents after the All-Star break, the starting lineup did. That is the profile of a 500 team. If you have a positive net rating, you typically finish above 500. I mean, a zero net rating is essentially a 500 team. The problem was their bench was abysmal. The Magic's bench unit was one of the worst in the league. According to the site Hoopstats, the Magic indeed had the worst bench in the league at minus 19.8 points per 100 possessions. Or minus 19.8 point differential. It's not exactly clear what the efficiency metric is. Again, that's really, really bad. And it almost completely counteracts the work the starters did. In fact, it completely counteracts the work the starters did. Because while the starters, according to this metric, or however it's measured, the starters had a positive net rating, and according according to the point differential and hoop stats, was good for the 10th best starting lineup in the league after the All-Star break. Let's let, let that sink in for just a moment. The Orlando Magic had the 10th best starting lineup in the entire league after the All-Star break, according to this metric. And, and, and according to even more basic metrics, their net rating was positive, which would mean they're a 500 team, or better than 500 team. The bench, you know, DJ Augustin... Mario Azonia, Jeff Green, Bismack Biombo. The bench unit was the worst in the league by a wide margin. The bench was so bad that the starters were... If the starters didn't play well, things got really bad. Even when the starters played well, things were already bad. The Magic were well behind the eight ball from the very beginning because that bench was not good. And I'm sure, and you can go back and listen to the copy, we talked about depth. And we talked about the mythical idea of adding depth and finding depth and how important depth was and that this, this would be the year the Magic had depth. They didn't have depth last year. And so, while the Magic didn't have the money to maybe make some dramatic changes to their starting lineup, this year the focus was on the bench. And if they get that bench right, if they're able to have a halfway decent bench, if you believe in that starting lineup and believe in those metrics, 
and believe that the Magic can carry them over to this season, things get really, really, really interesting. So bench unit of Shelvin Mack or DJ Augustin, Jonathan Simmons, Aaron Aflalo or Mario Hazonia, Jonathan Isaac, Bismack Biombo or Maurice Bates. Is that a bench you can be confident in? Is that a bench that you think can give the starters the support they need to win basketball games this year? That's what the Magic are betting on right now. That's what the Magic are hoping happens. And that was the driving force through a lot of the moves the Magic made this offseason. Yes, there was a lot of keeping financial flexibility. Shelvin Mack is, a, is, is, a is on a non-guaranteed contract for next season, so he's essentially a one-in-one-year one deal. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is a two-year deal. Uh, Aaron Afalo is a minimum guy. Marie Spates is a minimum guy. Mario Azonia is still on his rookie contract. Ken Birch, Wesley Awundu are essentially on minimum contracts. Spates is again on a minimum contract. Biombo and Augustine are the only guys that are long-term pieces on long-term contracts with this team. So the Magic might have to reshuffle this bench again next year. And Isaac, of course, is also on a rookie contract. So it's they don't have a permanent solution there. And I, and I would even argue with that bench unit, there are still concerns about shooting and still some concerns about defense. Aaron Aflalo is not the defender he used to be. Uh, Shelvin Mack is a solid defender, not a great defender. Jonathan Simmons is a fantastic defender. Uh, Bismack Biombo can certainly be a good defender. Jonathan Isaac, we suspect, will be a good defender. But there are definitely still some offensive issues there. And so, I don't want to say the whole season rests on the bench because I don't think that's the case because I am not a 100% believer in the starting lineup. As I've said on this show, and I'm sure I've said on Twitter, I don't suspect the Magic will settle on a starting lineup in training camp and keep it for all 82 games. I, I don't see the Magic maintaining their rhythm and maintaining some the momentum to have a forever starting lineup. Like, this is the starting lineup. I don't see that happening. I think there will be a time where Jonathan Simmons supplants Terrence Ross, although I think I, I think there will be, again, I think there will be a time that Ross, uh, that Simmons supplants Ross. I think that there will be a time where maybe the Magic want to experiment a little bit with maybe Isaac in the starting lineup over Ross, um, I, although I don't see how that would work. There might be a time when the Magic want to try Bismack Biombo in the starting lineup, um, but generally, I think that the Magic entering the season should give that starting lineup that, again, was 10th in the league in, in, uh, in efficiency rating, give that starting lineup an opportunity to show what it can do at the beginning of the season and then continue to evaluate things from there. It's the bench that matters right now, though. It's the bench that is the wild card. If that bench is halfway decent, if the bench can be a 500 ball club, then the Magic are in business. Because right now, that because last year that bench did not give the starters, in whatever form, the support they needed to win basketball games. It's frankly a miracle that they won five more games than they were projected to win, with that bench being so bad. And it's just production. It's all production. It's going to be very interesting to watch this team develop and grow. And we're probably not going to have any sense of this team until their dress rehearsal game uh, in the preseason and probably not even until the season really starts. And we get a sense of how players play with each other and how um, 
how the team grows together. But I would venture to guess that a very important part of the season, regardless of how Frank Vogel manages it, whether he staggers lineups to make sure there's a starter in the lineup at all times, like a lot of people thought he should have done last year, or whether he goes with a 10-man rotation, how that bench plays, how the Magic play when their starters are mostly out of the game is going to be a big determining factor in the Magic's ultimate success or failure this year. As much as Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton's development. As much as bounce-back years for Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. And Bismack Biombo. That bench is going to be absolutely key for the Orlando Magic this season. And that's one of the big roles that Aaron Aflalo is going to play. Because he is a key to that bench as one of the few shooters coming off the bench. It's one of the few kind of steady hands off the bench. And the Magic will be relying on him to provide that stability and consistency that he's been known for throughout his entire career. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to give us a rating over on iTunes. Let everyone know how great our show is. Five stars helps us climb the rankings so we can beat that uh, Disney podcast uh, and be the number one Magic podcast on iTunes yeah, I, or the, at least number one Orlando Magic podcast. I don't know if there's a there's like an actual Illusions podcast uh, that that would beat us, but uh, we'll we'll go we'll settle for number one Orlando Magic podcast when you when you search Orlando Magic on iTunes. So be sure to do that. You can also uh, our Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open. I'm hoping to answer questions before the season. Maybe I'll answer them uh, on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic ahead of Media Day. So be sure to submit your questions to me on Twitter. You can do that at omagicdaily, as well as uh, if Twitter's not your thing, you can do it by email at phil at uh, omagicdaily at gmail.com. You can, of course, follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic for companion articles to the things that we discuss here on the show, going into much, much more depth about the issues we talk about on the show. We do that every single day, so be sure to check out those outlets as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. And like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. Our Player Outlook series continues on. I have my review on of NBA 2K18 up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well. So be sure to check that out. Maybe I'll say a few words about that later on this week uh, if the schedule allows. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.